Big Sloth. Me to calm down. There's that chirping again. How are you not hearing that? News flash, asshole! I've been hearing it the entire goddamn time! Then why wouldn't you say something? Because I hate you! Again, I'm Joel Murphy. This is Hobo Radio, and with me once again, Big Vinegar, Lars Periwinkle. Hey, what's up, money? What's up? How's it going? Nothing, man. Just over here having uh, a nickname and a, and a non de plume and a catchphrase all at the same time. You're living the dream. You got all <laughs> the things, and now we're at a point. We are such a professional show. You have your own sign-off. We both have sign-off. We, we're finally turning into when the whistle blows. That we're finally just becoming... <laughs> we're going to yeah. be nothing but catchphrases by the end of the year. Yeah, well, I mean, we're heavy into our, what, 13th season? Yes. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're, we're hitting... The, it's the always writers sunny. are getting lazy. It's always sunny territory at this point. Like, <laughs> <laughs> We know why people are tuning in. Yeah. Right. I'm going to char- Charlie's going to go kill some rats. <laughs> He's a bird. Well, well, speaking of, we have a very special guest this week. Sweet D herself. <laughs> uh, Molly Regan. I, no, I do have scoliosis and glass bones. So thank you. <laughs> but you are not the useless woman. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> By the way, can I just say for the right? So Molly and I have lately been watching more of the later It's Always Sunny since we started here. And yeah. can I just say that the episode where Dennis and Mac live in the suburbs might be my favorite episode of that television show? Oh yeah, sure, sure. He he makes uh he makes the mac and cheese every night. <laughs> Mac's <laughs> famous mac and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great episode. No, but it's that just both episode. of their descents. I'm always a sucker for people descending into madness. The the cabin episode of The Simpsons <laughs> oh. with Mr. Burns and Homer is great, but just like Dennis Riddle. Yeah, D- Dennis Reynolds unraveling in that episode <laughs> really cracks me up, including the the line that Molly and I have both been very amused with uh, since we watched it is at the very end when they are just blowing up at each other, him and Mac. And uh, he's like, Mac's like, how can you not hear that that chirping, that that alarm sound? How do you not hear that? He's like, newsflash, asshole. I can hear it. And then he's like, well, why didn't you say anything? Because I hate you. <laughs> okay. It's just great. Like the whole episode, he's been gaslighting him. <laughs> 
Well, that's good. I'm glad that we're promoting the now longest running sitcom on television. <laughs> I wanted to keep going. I, it, like, I feel like that show is a testament to it was really great. I feel like it it struggled for a few seasons and then it got yeah. good again. And that's that's great. Like, you don't see that that often. So, yeah, no, it is that there are some small misses, but big hits. Yeah. So anyway, I wish we could sit here. And talk about It's Always Sunny. But instead, we have to talk about another long-running institute institution that has often let us down. <laughs> way more misses. Way more misses. <laughs> way way more fewer misses. hits. <laughs> but of course, everyone tunes in for our, you know, as we said, I mean, we've been around a long time. One thing we're always going to do, we're always going to preview those Oscars. So, Oh, we you gotta preview the Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> so... So, it's great that we always we always do it and we always say several times during the course of it we know it doesn't matter. Yeah, and this year in particular I feel like is going to be fascinating because like there isn't there were like it's such a bizarre year because movies didn't come out. So I feel like more than ever it is a wide open field of actually, you know, like good movies <laughs> because no no big money block they held off on like next year's oscars are going to be terrible because they they held everything back yeah but like there was nothing huge this year so it, it really is a pretty big field i saw something where someone was saying that they did a poll of just name recognition of the best picture nominees and the one that had the most name recognition was judas and the black messiah and even that was like under 50% of the people they polled had heard of it. Wow, man. Yeah. So it's the ratings are probably going to be bad this year. It's going to be a strange year. Uh, but, you know, we're here. We're here for you. We watched a lot of the movies collectively, I think. <laughs> we have not seen them all. But we've probably seen more than you have. So. Um, oh, you, mo you most certainly have. I remember um this past year being excited about some movies that were coming like new, new movies coming out on streaming services let's do it and then i did not watch them yeah yeah it's i mean i <laughs> it was not one week ago on this very podcast that i was going on a rant about netflix and how it's a you know uh incomprehensible monolith of just spewed out content so yeah how would you even know they had best picture nominees on there and how would you find them <laughs> 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 all right but do, how do we want to do this do we want to do we want to like i have an alphabetical list so it's starting with actor uh in a lead role which i actually think is how the broadcast itself usually starts so i don't know if we want to start there or we want to start somewhere else but well they usually the the broadcast usually starts with actor in a supporting role oh yes, right it does yeah um that's usually like number one and then there's a bunch of stuff and then actress in a supporting role and then a bunch of stuff. Okay, well, my list is alphabetical. Uh -huh. So I don't <laughs> you do know. your list. You do you, Murphy. <laughs> so I was just saying, I don't know how we want to go, but I also know we, we got to keep track. So <laughs> got to keep track. So keep track of like where the hell these movies are com coming from. Hey, hey, you guys, like, uh, so many streaming services now, you know, might as well, might as well just kept my cable. Am I right? Uh, Paying pay for the Netflix, paying for the Prime, paying for the HBO is supposed to be easier than the satellite or the cable. Now I got all these streaming channels. Did you see that, by the way, to divert things real quick, that was great, by the way. I imagined a brick wall behind you. And somehow Lars had a tie that he was loosening. 
but uh no did you did you happen to see the news that uh that sony sony is just like they're down to party anybody <laughs> anybody who wants a piece of sony can have it uh what's going on sony wants to fuck so yeah sony is dtf uh okay. so if you have a streaming service hit them up because they are thirsty so no i i saw this today that so they had announced a deal i think last week where they're like when our movies, all of the Sony movies for like the next two years or something, when they're out of the theater, they're going to Netflix. Like Netflix has an exclusive deal for the first streaming rights to all of our new movies. So all the Spider-Man, Jumanji, spinoffs of Spider-Man. I don't know what else they have. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Spider-Man. And that's the one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Venom. Carnage, probably, I think. Yeah, Carnage for sure. Yeah. Oh, also Into the Spider-Verse. That's a different one than just spider <laughs> But anyway, uh-huh. uh, they're all going to Netflix, but then they announced today <laughs> that when... So, they're going to be on Netflix for like their first run for, I, I don't know, however many months. Then they're going to Disney+. Plus. Like first one, then the other, or yeah, yeah, first yeah. One so like both. So say Into the Spider Verse two is going to come out in theaters. It'll be in the theater when it's out of the theaters and on home video. It'll go to Netflix for like a set amount of time, and then when oh. it's done there, it'll go to Disney Plus. Oh my god! They yeah, are, but they like the. Oh, they're making the rounds. That's what I'm saying. So they yeah, don't oh, shame la. them. They just <laughs> Sony's got to sow its wild oats. You know what? I appreciate it because they're not starting their own streaming service. They're not making oh, Sony God. Plus. Oh yeah, please no. You yeah. gotta stop. Also, it'll be nice because now I can watch the Spider Men with the like all the other Mar- all my Marvel movies are in no, one place. No, for real, yeah. Because I've only I've only seen those a couple times instead of several dozen so i need to no that's good i'm glad i'm no it's cool i'm glad that sony is gonna be the elizabeth taylor of studios i kind of like it i wish paramount had done that i don't understand paramount plus or the larry king any way you want you know all those people who just kept getting married i'm on ducktales mcclanahan (laughs) (laughs) i'm on ducktales larry all right So we're starting with actor in a leading role. <laughs> oh sure. Are not the nominees are Riz Ahmed, Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Anthony Hopkins for The Father, Gary Oldman for Mink, and Stephen Yoon for Minari. Well, I have only seen Mank. I liked it a lot. It's flawed, but I liked it a lot. Uh, so it's hard for me to weigh in. Uh, so I, I guess I have to say Chadwick Boseman. <laughs> you know what's funny is so uh, that's the only movie we did not get a chance to see. Molly and I have not yet seen Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Um, so, uh, yeah, Molly, I don't know. Do you want to? What are your thoughts on the other movies? And that we all agree that Chadwick Boseman's going to win this, right? Yeah, 100%. Um, I. So, yeah, I haven't seen Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Um, I'm going to. Um, of the movies I have seen, I would say unequivocally Anthony Hopkins gave the best performance. Um, it was absolutely stellar. I hadn't heard anything about The Father. Um, it It's 
the whole movie is really fantastic. It's uh, a like masterclass watching Anthony Hopkins like sort of dip in and out of like the character's awareness and clarity. Like it, it's absolutely beautiful. And I truly don't think anyone else could do what he did in that role. Um, it's I, I don't want to take what I assume is probably going to be Joel's comment because we've been consuming a lot of the same media. Um, but Chadwick Boseman would have won an Oscar in his life. And it's deeply tragic that, Mm -hmm. you know, he's not around to have, you know, given us more work, you know, to. Yeah, I know. I know. Like, it's just. Look, Jeremy Piven still walking around working. (laughs) Yeah. We'll never get another Chadwick Boseman (laughs) movie. Ain't that a bitch? Right. Yeah. And I don't know why I chose him to pick on, but I stand I by mean, it. I was just not? sitting there. I was running through Jeremy Piven's roles and imagining Chadwick Boseman playing them. And I was like, it would have been better in pretty, <laughs> in like every case. <laughs> yeah, I, man. You know what, Chadwick Boseman? I will hug it out, bitch. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, I, yes, obviously I do agree with that. Chadwick Boseman is a great actor. Uh, I would have loved to see him get a nomination for playing T'Challa. Um, I also, the movie that we both did see is Defy Bloods, which I would have been happy if he was nominated for that because he yes. was fantastic in it. Also, Delroy Lindo was robbed. Yes. I'm getting ahead of that for Best Supporting Actor. Delroy Lindo is amazing and was specifically great in that movie. That movie is good. I like Defy Bloods quite a bit. Um, but anyway... I have not seen Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I'm sure that Chadwick Boseman is great in it because he's literally been great in every movie I've ever seen him in. Uh, he should win just because he, yeah, he should, he should, he's talented enough anyway. And then honestly, yeah, obviously with the just, um, you know, his untimely passing away. Yeah. Like we all want him to win. That's what yeah. should happen. But yeah, I would agree. Anthony Hopkins gave, a, a masterclass performance in a very small movie that re- that hinged entirely on him and Olivia Coleman uh, just being very good at acting and he nailed it. So he's great. But every, this category is honestly really strong. Like I, I liked Riz Ahmed um, in Sound of Metal. I thought he was good. Uh, Steven Yoon, I'm a big fan of him in general. I It makes me so happy that someone from I Think You Should Leave is nominated for an Academy Award. Yes. <laughs> uh, with the mud pies. But, uh, you know. I will, uh, Gary Oldman's Gary Oldman. <laughs> I will say there are, you know, in the, like, ideal, I always have an alternate of, like, damn, I wish they could have gotten a nomination. Um, Mads Mikkelsen yeah. in Another Round yes. was so spectacular um, yeah. that... Personally, and I don't mean this to be specifically antagonistic, but personally, I would have rather seen him nominated than Gary Oldman. Um, Gary Oldman didn't need to be nominated. I'm sorry to pick on the only movie that you saw, Lars, but Gary Oldman. No, no, he was great. Look, here's the thing. It's like I only commented on that because it's the only one I saw. I love I love the subject matter and I love Fincher. And I finally got around to watching it. And I, I mean, it was interesting. And watching it, watching it, you already know this is this is Hollywood fodder. They're going to suck all this shit up yeah. like it's a goddamn juice. Yeah. And um, but, you know, 
it's it was interesting enough. It was flawed. It was I I I have I have issues with when stories are written in a certain sort of rhythm that isn't natural. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like unless it's Shakespeare, you can just talk like people. I had that issue with Deadwood as well with why the fuck are they talking like that? Yeah. Like, just just talk. Just talk like people. Why well, talk like people? I mean, I agree with that and I have a lot of thoughts on Mank, but do we want to save them just because we, no, we can save them. But yeah. no, I mean Gary Oldman, you're right. Gary Oldman is Gary Oldman. Also, I have found myself going back and watching several Mads Mikkelsen movies simply because they pop up on my feed. I've never seen them, and Mads Mikkelsen is in them. I'll watch. That dude is good. I, wa- I watched. Good. I watched two. Count it two. Danish comedies in the Danish language that I didn't understand at all. <laughs> I loved them. I loved them, and he was great. But that's a very it's a very weird specific sense of humor that I don't quite get. But um, yeah, I like me some Maz Mikkelsen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, can I also just say this isn't his fault? But my other big strike against Gary Oldman is he's playing a thirty year old man in this movie, and I don't understand why that happened. It didn't need to happen. Mank wasn't that old. Like he was. Was in his 30s like i don't remember him specific, i don't remember anyone mentioning that he was in his 30s he's supposed to be in the same age as his wife who is age appropriate casting like in the movie i don't know why i mean, they I, mean I know people used to look older than their age than but they do now but it's it's absurd it's absurd it's stretching it yeah 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 like he's the wrong age for that part so that again the, the gary oldman god bless him you know like he can play 30 <laughs> All right. Actor in a supporting role. Sasha Baron Cohen for The Trial of the Chicago 7. Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah. Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami. Paul Racy for Sound of Metal. And Lakeith Stanfield for Judas and the Black Messiah. Just in case you were wondering, yes, that means that Judas and the Black Messiah does not have a lead actor, apparently, because both of the two people starring in it are supporting actors. I don't know. Maybe they're pillars. They're supporting each other. Like they're, they're each. Maybe. Not if you Look, watch we, the we don't, plot. We don't know how they div- divvy this shit up. I've never understood how they do this. It's just funny to me because if they're both supporting actors, who is the lead in that movie? Yeah. Jesse Plemons. Why aren't they both leads? (laughs) Yeah. Well, right. I mean, right. And I mean, the truth is, let's all be honest with ourselves, because someone working for their studio thought they had a better chance of winning supporting than lead actor. And I think that's why these choices happen. It's why for the Emmys, things suddenly become comedies if they don't think that Uh (laughs) like Uh they can win a dramatic acting, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's why the Golden Globes exist. (laughs) (laughs) In case you can't win an Oscar, it's like you submit it to a Golden globe instead <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah jim carrey so many golden globes so uh, many golden globes oh my god but yeah so i think um uh, i don't know about you lars but for molly and i we watched everything except uh one night in miami so well let's see i did see the trial of chicago i saw part of it i stopped because i didn't care for it um fair i like i like lakeith stanfield in everything he's yeah. great and it, like he is really really great that dude really i was like reading something he has stacked up a resume like yeah. already of just he's in all the good movies you know what i like about him too is he he's one of those he's one of these actors where you, 
they have they had something that that came along for Lakeith Stanfield. Um, it was it was probably Get Out, or maybe was he? Um, uh, sorry to bother he you. He was yes. sorry to bother you. Yeah, which yeah, is a great yeah. movie. Yeah, I don't remember which one was like who's this guy, and then you look him up and you say, oh, I've I've seen him in seven other movies. Yep. Yes, and yeah. he was awesome, and I don't, I didn't even like. I didn't even log him as an actor because he just he just became whatever character part he was playing. No, I think it was we watched Sorry to Bother You fairly recently and we were both sitting there like, no, 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 I've recognized this guy. He's really good. <laughs> and then we looked him up, we were like, Oh, yeah, he's really fucking good. Yeah, because I think I think I've finally set on it, but I think up until this year, I still was doing that of like, I like this guy. And then I'd look him up and be like, Oh yeah, you like him because of like the last four things that you saw him in. Like every single time. I was having that like who's that guy I like him and I'm now I, I feel like you know now that he's nominated for an Academy Award I I feel like I'll remember him in the next movie but that's also I think a testament to what a good character actor he is too like that yeah um, no he he's really great and when I <clears throat> I first saw these um, nominations it's just I hadn't even seen uh, Judas and the Black Messiah and I'm just like I just want Lakeith Stanfield to get all of the credit in the world like he, he's so good because to you I mean to your point before um, Delroy Lindo is a great character actor he's so good but he he doesn't get recognized either most most of them don't most of these character actors don't um, um, I was going to go into a list but then that list wouldn't stop so I'll just say <laughs> he is he is one of these guys and if he gets the gets the recognition if his name is on one of these lists it's like let's just get him up there because it's yeah. he, like he's like you said it's going to happen Mm-hmm. You're going to give him some award at some point. Let's just do it. I also I like special shout out to him in this movie, too, because it's a very difficult character that he's playing. I mean, he's the he's the protagonist, but also the villain like he he's the Judas in the title. Like, and so to have to carry the film and like, I, I think the film did a really interesting thing where it, you know, made you understand why he did what he did without excusing him for it, which is a really difficult like kind of thing to thread. And I, I think he played it really well where it's like, because like, if you just didn't like him, if you just immediately, you know, were angry every time he was on screen, I don't think the movie would have worked. Like, so you, you needed to have a certain amount of like empathy towards him, which is really difficult. Cause he's a pretty like, terrible (laughs) like what he did is truly awful so it's such a specific thing to play that i think he did play really well yeah no i agree um it's i think it's really hard between those two because i'm like i mean he he's should be in the best actor category like it's just like he's not best supporting no, I mean he's the, he's the protagonist of the movie. I yeah. yeah, if it was if someone had asked me which no one did. To be, <laughs> I, I think he is the lead actor and Daniel Kaluuya is the supporting that's, that's actor. That's another thing that the 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 studio or the producers did that is bullshit is they decided that not both of you are going to win. We know that for a fact. Right. So we're, we're going to put you, you in up. the same category. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which I mean, I guess is on brand for the movie that they're pitted against each other, but still. Like, yeah. It's just... but, it's like, but it's almost like we want this movie to win an acting Oscar. And if we stack two of you in the same category, there's a better chance because not both of you can win. And that's I think that's horseshit. Give but that's also a chance. I think it's bad logic, too, because then you, they can end up like 
taking votes away from each yeah, other because if someone vote. yeah if someone really likes that movie and likes both of them in it then yeah they're gonna split the vote um but yeah i think they both were great i i think i lean towards like stanfield just because like i said level of difficulty of like the character that he was asked to play uh but this also everybody else in this category I, again i haven't seen one night in miami but i really like leslie odom jr so i believe that he was good in that um and then sasha baron cohen uh, well, yeah, I have my own feelings about the trial of the Chicago seven, which was kind of mixed for me, but I thought he was solidly good in it. Like he was one he of was. the best parts in that movie. And Paul Racy's another guy that's a underappreciated character actor that yeah. is finally getting a role that he's getting recognized for. And I thought he gave the best performance in, um, sound of metal. He was really great. Can y'all help me out here is, is, um, is sound of metal, um, fiction or non? So, Sound of Metal is kind of adapted from... It started as a documentary about a metal drummer who was losing his hearing. And then uh, that project kind of fell through, but the idea kept... Uh, kind of stayed and then evolved into this movie. So, it's sort of based off of like a real, oh, okay. a real guy and a project that felt that like fell apart and um, no one thought no one thought to call it beethoven <laughs> no no one did oh <laughs> i gotta get out there these people need punch-ups wow. I swear to God. <laughs> um but i did want to go back to the best supporting actor category because i mean it's like it's pretty it seems pretty clear that like daniel kaluuya is going to win and oh. um I mean, that's most, it seems like it is, um, which I think is great. Um, I think he did a pretty good job with the role that I think was never going to please everyone. Um, but I, it's hard when you watch that movie and then you watch kind of like, you know, you see Fred Hampton, you you hear the way people talked about him and the way people talked about, sorry, Chairman Fred Hampton, like how he engaged with people. And you kind of get this when you see these shots of Daniel Kaluuya engaging publicly, like giving these speeches, they're really powerful. They're really engaging um, and they're really great. But then there's something... That that is so pulled back and almost there's something that feels almost miscast that I think that I've seen other people talk about um, in a way that is I I think really difficult because I think Chairman Fred Hampton was somebody that's understandably so uh so important to so many people that i'm not sure you could make a movie that's uh going to be satisfying to everyone or cast somebody who's going to feel appropriate well i think that's maybe that's that challenging thing of when you're playing a, a, a known person, you don't want to do an impression of them, but you need to 
evoke them, mm-hmm. you know? And I think so maybe that's it that like, he's good in the role, but is he a good Fred Hampton? If you've seen footage of Fred Hampton, like, did he capture, you know, what, like, you know, what, what people have in their mind, I think is maybe what you're. Yeah. Well, and you have his, you know, his, uh, fiance, uh, you know, and his son were creative consultants on the film and they were very much involved in the characters, you know, helping with characterization and talking. And they had uh, uh, kind of said like they were happy with the film. And ultimately, you know, I think theirs is the opinion that, you know, you're you're going to take into highest consideration. But I think it's a hard... <laughs> I think it's a hard uh, role to to celebrate for a lot of people because there's so, so much uh, emotion tied into it that it seems like a lot of people are very, you know, understandably... um, uncomfortable with it um that is just this is, a, this is this is daniel kaluuya we're talking about yeah yeah could it be that he has resting stoic face i think that might be part of it <laughs> yeah. um uh but it's it's just one of those things that i think it, it's you know kind of important to bring up of just you know i think because it is he's very likely to win the academy award and there's already there has been for a, a while people going like this is amazing this is so great and then other people coming in going no no it's not and kind he's of like not the guy yeah and kind of going like well why why is this you know <laughs> um so well still going like he's a ridiculously talented actor and oh, really sure. really committed to doing as good a job as anyone as he could possibly do. Is that the name we're going to write down? I would love it if we did, because that's that's a one-two of uh, Wakanda Forever. Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I'll write it down. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's the... I think he is going to win. Yeah, because like okay. I said, I, I think level of difficulty, if I was just voting myself, I, I would probably give it to Lakeith Stanfield, but I think... Uh, that it's, I mean, he's, he's playing the role, right? Like that's yeah. the role that's going to win. <laughs> yeah. He's right, playing right, chairman right. Fred Hampton. So yeah. like, and I think he will win and I, and I'm happy that he wins. Cause yeah, like, like you said, I think that that would be a nice, uh, one, two of representation for a movie that, you know, did break through a little bit and get a best picture nomination and got, you know, like got people yeah, to start. It, hey, it was a, it was a superhero movie that won Academy Award. So that was good. Yeah. Oh shit! No, I forgot. Leslie <laughs> Leslie Odom Jr. was playing Sam Cook. Love Sam Cook, so I'm voting for him. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> I do, do want to see love that. Sam Cook though. I, I love know. Sam. Cook. I love Sam Cook. I I want to hear him sing as Sam Cook for sure. I want to see that movie. That's again. That's just another one of the ones. Uh, that just that didn't get a chance to see. But I know, I, and our girl directed I that. Know, and I, I still know. haven't seen it. <laughs> I know. I know it's good because Regina King doesn't miss. So yeah. All right. Actress in a leading role. Mm-hmm. Uh, Viola Davis, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Andra Day, United States versus Billie Holiday, Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of a Woman, Frances McDormand for Nomadland, Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. 
Carrie Mulligan. I'll just start by saying that <laughs> everyone was quiet, so it should be. Yeah, I was be, like, I don't know who goes first. It should be Carrie Mulligan. It should absolutely be Carrie Mulligan. I won't. Yeah, be, was that was that good? I don't even know really what that movie good. is. It was really good. It's yeah. good. It's yeah. good. It's good. It's Carrie Mulligan and a lot of like uh, comedians, uh, male comedians like Bo Burnham and uh, the guy from Detroiters being and McLovin all being horrible human beings and. Um, That's like, I'm already pissed off. I I don't want to watch any of those dudes. (laughs) But it's, but they're all terrible in the movie. So, (laughs) okay. No, it's, it's really good. And it's, I don't want to say too much about it. Also, I don't know why I'm not letting Molly talk about it, but uh, it's, um, it's a movie that like, I think got marketed a certain way, but isn't what it was marketed as. That's actually really uh, good and fascinating. Yeah, it got very much marketed as like, you know, like woman tricks men at bars, but little do they know she's the one in charge and, you know, she's going to teach them a lesson. And I was like, ew, gross. I am not into this. Um, And it is very, it's like kind of that like, yeah, kind of, but no. Mm. (laughs) Like, uh, it's... A movie that really could not work, and it's it's Emerald Fennel uh, who wrote and directed it. It it's a real testament to her skill as a writer. Uh, the fact that that movie lands um, because it's so much more about you know your uh, Carrie Mulligan's character and is really stuck um like psychologically and just you're you're not able to live and you know what was it i i think of a uh, harley quinn uh the quote of just like you know psychologically speaking revenge rarely gives us the catharsis we're looking for <laughs> you know it's she, she is a doctor <laughs> it is but it's it's that of just like you you're seeking the the wrong thing like you, you're not okay like um but yeah it's a really yeah definitely it's a very good movie and she is oh really and adam brody this movie's getting oh wait clancy brown jennifer coolidge oh all yeah. is forgiven yeah. all yeah. is forgiven which yeah like clancy brown plays uh carrie mulligan's father yeah and clancy it, brown's a nice guy yeah like he he's just her nice dad who wants her to be okay it was it was very nice to see clancy brown in that yeah movie. oh look in a row clancy brown jennifer coolidge laverne cox i am 100 percent in and that's the yeah. thing too Laverne Cox plays uh, her nice boss who really cares. Like, all of the people you like play likable people, and all the people you don't like play unlikable people. So it works. Well, Alison Brie toes the line. <laughs> well, yeah, Alison Brie is the exception in that okay. Alison Brie is delightful and she plays someone you don't like in the movie. <laughs> but everyone right else on. is cast exactly where as they should be. <laughs> I'll say for best actress, I won't be mad if Andre Day wins yes she as much as i could make it through the united states versus billy holiday which that movie yeah we tried to watch we were both very interested in watching that movie and it made some very bizarre editing and stylistic choices that made it very difficult to follow even as she gave a really great performance she's really really good um and does the thing of like 
if you know she's not doing an impression of Billie Holiday, she's actually you know playing a character, like a fully realized character. Like it's it's really nice to watch. I wish the movie she was in was better. Um, but that, happen- yeah, that happens a lot. Yeah. yeah, it was just very weirdly like jumbled and impossible to follow. Like I really was like, I want to be into this, and I'm like, I I don't I I'm really I, having trouble. I literally don't know this. when she goes to jail or when she gets out or who these people are around her when she gets out of jail. Yeah, or that was what's kinda, happen- uh, like that was like, I don't when, know what the timeline is. Yeah, that's that what when, I'm. And it's weird because it's when it's like um when it's biographical, right? Because I tried to watch that Jackie O movie. And um, Natalie Portman's getting, giving a stellar performance, and I'm I'm confused with the order of events, and I know the historical order right. of events, and yeah. they're still just I'm like, wait, like why aren't they should be on the plane now? Why aren't yeah. they on the plane? Oh, now they're on the plane. Yeah. You can't be in D.C. before you're on the damn plane. Yeah. You know, it, like it just none of it made any well, sense. That was yeah, like that was I think the part where we both just gave up on it was they show her in jail like she gets arrested. She gets sentences. She's in a prison cell and then she's at a train station and it's like, did she just get out? Has she been out for a year? Then, All of a sudden uh, she's planning a concert, <laughs> but also it seems like she had been planning the concert for a while. Also, then we cut to the concert and it's happening. I'm like we, I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it's like are. a new manager who's doing it. Yes. Like, yeah. And, she's, like, and, then oh. she's, and then she's in a flying car, and then Obama's president. <laughs> yeah. Like, what, what's happening? Yeah. It was just. It also, was, there's like three frame stories. Like, it's. Yeah. It, that's a. Yeah. It's unfortunate because she really is great. She's but it was just, really good. Yes. Yeah, it does too many of the about to do a concert, going to tell my whole life story while also doing a radio show where I'm going to tell my whole life story while also like also there's a an, a character that's an audience surrogate that's supposed to be like how we get it. Like there's just way too many things happening all on top of each other. And it was very weird. Yeah. Yeah. They they do they do ask us to trust them a lot, which you don't, but there is a lot at award ceremonies of, yeah, I know you didn't see it. You don't even want to see it. Just trust us. They were really good in this. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, you don't need to see bridge of spies. We're just telling you <laughs> they were really good in bridge of spies. Also, Judy was not a real movie. It was I don't never think made. Judy was a real movie. It was no never one made. Said it was anything never really about that movie before or after that specific I, night. I, I defy you to tell me where it ever played played or was streaming or could be rented find a physical (laughs) copy of a dvd of judy you can't it was a tax (laughs) write-off someone made a trailer (laughs) and then they funneled money (laughs) like to a drug operation just just because we're, we're like in our third category before we move on um no one, no one thinks that Frances McDormand is going to threepeat on this. No, I, I hope Jesus. not. Jesus, <laughs> no. Every the more I learn about her in Nomadland, the more I'm just like my mind is just like, uh, like it was her fantasy land to pretend she was homeless and go like, aren't I so great? Like it's, it's that, re- that literally is her origin story that she was like, I had this fantasy when I wanted to get uh, like away from my husband, one half of the Coen brothers that uh, right. the name I would call myself is the name of my character yeah. in this movie. And I imagined a life for myself where which I'm, I know it was I'm going to turn 65. I'm going to start calling myself Fern and I'm going to start smoking Lucky Strikes and drinking wild turkey and I'm going to go live in a van. And it was like, oh, how nice. So you're just 
just going to decide to be homeless after you've been a millionaire and an awarded uh, actress. Fun. I think you know that these people like actually are like suffering from the fallout of a financial crisis and are forced. Not, not only that, but like the exact time that that financial crisis uh, happened. Her husband won an Oscar for Best Picture. Right. Yeah. Well, also, Frances yeah. McDormand really lost me with this movie when she talked about what a wonderful time she had working at Amazon and how nice they were to her. And it's like, yeah, I bet they were nice to you. Yeah. You I, know that yeah. the other people that like are in this movie with you who are real people who really do this don't like Amazon, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, she was like, I like, I mean, I just like really like repetitive menial tasks like that. And just like, I bet you do for the two days you're doing it yeah, when sure you, you don't have to support can... yourself on this right. and you have health care and you have a home to go to and then you can go do whatever the fuck you want you know you shot this in four months right also you didn't work at amazon <laughs> no you... you shot a movie at amazon <laughs> yeah that's what you did and at the every second that you stood there everyone was aware that you're francis mcdormand movie star and treated you accordingly no one treated you like you were an amazon worker you were allowed to have bathrooms breaks and like nobody yelled at you for going too slow yeah and you could stop doing that shit anytime you wanted yeah okay anyway so i'm writing down carrie mulligan yeah <laughs> i i kind of think francis dorman is gonna they're gonna three-peat i think i, uh, I just i i don't know all i mean she did all the oscar things she pooped in a bucket she swam naked <laughs> yeah you get to watch river. her poop in a bucket like she for authenticity you also said, <laughs> you said get to not have to <laughs> you said get to yeah you're also, treated to <laughs> <laughs> you are privileged to <laughs> but it's just you know she does a lot of the like i'm doing unglamorous things to win an oscar yeah type those of are things. the oscar things yeah so there's all of that it's i will say that credit to that movie goes to bob wells mm -hmm. who uh is because th that movie has like a lot of you know non-actors like just you know regular people bob mm -hmm. wells is a guy who lives <laughs> uh lives in a van down, down by, by the, the river. river um but he hosts you know these gatherings uh to basically teach people like how how to do this like how to support yourself like let's like he's let's just you know, be a community who who does this and raises each other up. But he uh, he also is responsible for the actual emotional catharsis in that movie. Like it's all him. Um, but I read an interview with him where he <laughs> he was quoted as saying that when he first saw the movie, he was like, "I don't know. I thought it was really boring because this is just my life. <laughs> it's yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like just like it's." It's fine. The movie also kind of has, like, weirdly similar to Sound of Metal. The movie started as a book that was nonfiction with a lot of the same people in it who are playing fictionalized versions of themselves. And then they invented Francis McDormand's character for the movie. But it was based on a book that followed the real people that a lot of them appear in the I movie. See. So it's sort of like quasi-documentary fiction, if that's a thing, which it's not. The book is also way more critical of, to the like socioeconomic factors that, you know, forced people to, you know, live out of their vans in these communities to be like, why are, you know, people like re 
like retirement age people. Yeah, I think like, that's being the thing forced that, to do this and yeah. work in the gig economy. Yeah, I think that is the biggest thing is that like a lot of the actual message and point of the the original thing got put by the wayside in order to have Frances McDormand kind of live out this fantasy that she wanted to live out like at the expense that of all sounds very shitty. Yes. Yep. Yep. He's <laughs> really getting on my nerves. Can we move on? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to move on. You you went back to it. So I was like, well, since you asked. <laughs> but, <laughs> all right. Actress in a supporting role. Uh, Maria Bakalova for Borat subsequent movie film colon delivery of prodigious bribe to American regime for make benefit once glorious nation of Kazakhstan. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, Glenn Close for Hillbilly Elegy. <laughs> Olivia Coleman. <laughs> By the way, fun fact too. Glenn Clo- Close, first person ever to be nominated for a Razzie and uh, an Oscar for the same, same role. role. Yeah. Same role. Uh, Olivia Coleman for The Father. Amanda Seyfried. I knew I tried. I studied how to say her name and then I forgot it going into it. Does someone want to help me out how you pronounce her name? Seyfried, I thought. Say Fred, say Fred, say Fred. I looked it up and I can't remember. Right, I said just Fred. said say Fred. Okay. <laughs> For Mank and uh, <laughs> Yujun Yoon for Minari. I probably butchered that one too, but I tried. I think you got Yujun Yoon. I, okay, so I got one. But Amanda, the, Amanda Seyfried. Yeah. That one. She's, she's too sexy for this Mank. She is oh, too boy. sexy for that, Mank. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so can we just... Uh, I mean, I haven't seen Hillbilly Elegy, but can we just... No, thank you. Can we just pass no. on talking about Glenn Close? <laughs> yes, we're going to pass. Yeah. Um, Although, makeup Oscar. <laughs> but I think if you... No, not yeah. this year. I think you if don't you think t- so? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I think if you take her out of the conversation, I legitimately enjoyed the other four people's performances a lot. Olivia Coleman was fantastic. She doesn't need it. She like this year, like she she got it for uh, the favorite, which is unbelievably well deserved. Um, but she she doesn't need it for for the father. Um, uh, Amanda. Seyfried? No, I'm in my head about it. Seyfried? Amanda Wright said Fred. That's what I think it is. I think I I heard that once. Yeah. Okay, cool. (laughs) So it's true. Amanda from Mank (laughs) was the one of the parts of that movie that I really genuinely enjoyed. Um, Not more than I enjoyed Maria Bakalova and uh, Yu Jung Yun. Um, it should absolutely go to Yu Jung Yun. She's just the like completely the heart of Minari, and is really wonderful. I think she's gonna win. She's gonna win. Yeah. Um, but I do not want to discount Maria Bakalova. Like, I don't want to. Like, I don't want to. Not saying discount her from winning. I just don't want to throw away what she did in that yeah. movie, yeah. Um, because I do think there is a sort of subset of people who go, "Oh God, that's such a joke." I'm like, it's not though. Like, being able to improvise in the like the real world is a very specific skill. And the way she 
navigated those situations in character is really not just like brave but comedically brilliant like well and it the- is because like let's, don't forget that she's she's doing it as someone who's um she's a she's a young person mm-hmm. she's in a um a culture she's never been immersed in and speaking a language that she doesn't 100 percent understand yes and just and she's to be believable relatable and funny all at the same time and that is a feat unto itself for sure well, well yes. also like opposite very powerful people <laughs> like yeah. and in actual danger at times like what yeah. she did is it, it should be yeah acknowledged just for level of difficulty and also i mean like the impact on American politics of being the person in a room with Rudy Giuliani when, you know, all yeah. of that happened, which was like the beginning of the unraveling of Rudy Giuliani that like started a time period that, you know, led to his hair melting and him booking a four seasons landscape, four seasons, like all of that started with this, like, like this was the beginning of the end. So I, I think... All that should be acknowledged and yeah, just coming in as someone not American, you know, and doing a sequel to a movie that had high expectations and carrying her own. She's great. Yeah, she's really great in it. But yeah, I think that um, uh, Yoo Jun Yoon has like, I think will win this because she's yes. fantastic. She should win it. She Minari is a great movie and she is quite possibly the best part about a very great movie anyway. And just plays you know the character that's just you know old lady who doesn't give a fuck anymore and does that brilliantly i i remember her from sense eight and she was brilliant then i can only imagine she's done the same here so i'm you know i'm gonna go ahead and write her name down then yeah (laughs) all right um so animated feature film are we doing that do we have we can i feel like we can just like does anyone have thoughts on animated feature film i'm excited to watch wolf walkers i do want to watch wolf walkers <laughs> um i know people yep. like that one i think people tend to think pixar's gonna win so soul probably has the best shot but i know people seem to really love wolf walkers and we've been wanting to watch it but just haven't gotten a chance so yeah soul is going to win yeah, it's definitely going to win. Uh, cinema- also, because you said you think Pixar is going to win and you didn't say Onward. Yeah, which I did. <laughs> I saw that and Soul and I Onward was fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, what I, that's what everyone who saw it says. Like, yeah, fine, fun. Yeah, it's it's one of those movies that you enjoy while you're watching it. And five seconds after it's over, you're like, what happened? uh cinematography we got uh judas and the black messiah sean bobbitt mank uh eric messerschmidt news of the world darius walski nomadland joshua james richards and the trial of the chicago seven finden papa michael how did trial of the chicago seven get a nomination for cinematography I think it's Fadon, Papa Michael. Okay, I'm I'm trying my best. 
No, no, it's okay. I was just looking at it, and I just you pronounced an N that wasn't there, so I'll oh. turn my own head straight. Do we usually do these categories? I don't, I don't think know. We do. Do we? I don't know. I'm just I'm going down the list. I think Molly said this. Who are we to judge fucking cinematography? We shouldn't even be judging the actors. I went to art school. <laughs> Molly's gonna judge cinematography. You went to art school, so we're gonna do cinematography. <laughs> All right. Um, it's it's Minari. Okay. That's, that's not even on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why do, yeah, why Trial of the Chicago 7 over not, Minari? Not Minari. All those beautiful shots of of the fields growing crops and we we went for well, we went for the one shot in a courtroom the whole time. <laughs> so many beautiful shots of Steven Yoon smoking cigarettes at twilight. And you just it, uh, it's it, so Nomadland should win out of these that are listed. Nomadland or Mank, I like. I think they're the two. Mm-hmm. All right, we did it. <laughs> yeah. All right, Lars, I know you wanted to talk about costume design, right? Oh yeah, totally. Let me look down the list here. So what we have: Emma, Alexandra Byrne, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Anne Roth, Mank, Trish Somerville, Mulan, Bina, Ooh, The Geller, and Pinocchio. Massimo Cantini Parini. <laughs> Emma. Um, Emma. <laughs> oh, that's a period piece. Yeah, yeah. let's go ahead yeah. and write that yeah. down. <laughs> All right. Mulan would be cool, though. I mean, they had cool costumes in that. But yeah, it, Emma, which like got weirdly ignored. That I like that movie quite a bit. Like it was it was good. And, you know, only stars one of the most popular actresses on the planet this year. And we all didn't talk about it because she played chess in that other show. So, ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. All right. Directing? Can we do directing, Lars? We can do directing. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, who I'm the n- fuck are we to be doing this anyways? <laughs> yeah. like, Judgmental assholes. Hey, I guarantee Molly and I watched more movies than, like, at least half of the actual voters. So That's true. You know, I agree with that 100%. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, uh, directing, Another Round, Thomas Vinterberg, Mink, David Fincher, uh, Minari, Lee Isaac Chung, Nomadland, Chloe Zhao, and Promising Young Woman, uh, Emerald Fennel. I'm biased. Because you only saw one movie? <laughs> I only saw one movie, and he's one of my favorite directors. I, man, I'm, I'm trying to save our conversation about Mank and how to break it to you that I didn't like that movie very much, even though Look, David Fincher is one of my I'm favorite saying, directors. Like, I didn't like it a lot, but I liked it enough to say, yeah, this is, this is pretty okay. It's interesting. Uh, I mean, I have already admitted that I didn't like the way the people were talking. That's a, <laughs> that's a big hunk of the movie, if we're so, being honest. Okay. It is. This is... <laughs> the like uh like way my my thoughts went after seeing mank which was so your thesis on mank is that like uh was it howard mankiewicz herman mankiewicz the fuck is his name i think it's herman right herman Herman h mankiewicz yeah i think it's herman j right said fred mankiewicz exactly (laughs) Uh, like didn't get the proper credit that he you know deserved for writing citizen kane and citizen kane is really strongly associated with orson welles because of the directing so then you have to go and make this movie to retro to like show people how what a genius uh mankiewicz was but it was David Fincher's dad who wrote the script 
for Mank, but nobody's talking about his dad writing the script for Mank, and it's David Fincher who's getting all the credit for the directing, and his dad isn't getting any awards recognition for the script for Mank, but David Fincher is. And when it came to Citizen Kane, it was literally the script that got the only Academy Award instead of the directing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like... Yeah, it is a weird... I don't... Like, this is playing out in a way that I really don't think you recognize, like, how it's playing out. Well, what also... Like, your movie is getting this recognition because of the directing and not the writing in your movie about how it was the writer who didn't get recognized because of the directing and your own writer isn't getting the recognition. Well, and to put (laughs) an even finer point on that, because I agree with everything you just said... Fincher shot the movie like Orson Welles. He copied the style of Orson Welles directing. <laughs> like he did Orson Welles shots. There's a shot of Gary Oldman like dropping a bottle like, towards the camera. Right, like he's right, doing right. he's doing an impression of Orson Welles in a movie that's saying that Orson Welles isn't the reason that we all love Citizen Kane. Like it's a weird bit to do to be like who we should really be talking about as the director. So I shot this exactly like Orson Welles would have. Like what? <laughs> well, remember that in Hollywood, directors don't copy other directors. It's an homage. Right, right. It's an homage. <laughs> it's also hilarious to me because I love David Fincher, but I, I heard some of the stuff he was or he was talking about what a control freak Orson Welles was. And it was like, buddy, do you own a mirror? Because what do you think you you are Orson Welles? Like newsflash. <laughs> like you wanted to news do this. Newsflash, asshole. <laughs> exactly. You wanted to make this movie because you think you're better than Orson Welles. <laughs> like Okay, well, I accept your arguments against that. (laughs) Uh, uh, I would love to see Chloe Zhao win this because I think Nomadland looked beautiful. And I think the hybrid documentary slash uh, fiction thing, like, I don't want, like, I I don't think Nomadland should win Best Picture. But this is because usually I kind of have that where I'm like, I don't know, shouldn't the Best Picture and Best Director be won by the same person? But it's one of the few times that I can see a reason to specifically recognize the work that she did as a director, which is different from the actual film that we got. Like, I think getting those performances that were real people playing pretty much themselves, but around a fictional frame story, I think is really interesting. But also that movie is just ridiculously beautiful to look at the whole time. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I mean, there's a lot of good choices. Like, uh, I'd love to see Thomas Venterberg win, uh, cause, uh, another round is great and promising young woman is also a beautiful film that is like just every shot is very lovingly uh crafted but yeah i i i would like to see nomadland win this yeah i would say chloe zhao um closely followed by emerald fennel um and i think that is specifically because of the like i said that i think promising young woman is such a uh <laughs> A story that could be so easily and so easily messed up uh, and done wrong, um, and it is her her hand that makes it work. Um, but uh, Chloe Zhao uh, makes like her directing is very very well done in that movie. So 
Yeah, a lot of the best parts of that movie are just just filming people existing. <laughs> like, just the atmosphere of... Like, I think I enjoyed that movie the most for just... I have been in my house for a year. I enjoy looking at the wilderness. Yeah, oh man. Wish I could go outside and poop right now. <laughs> she poops in her van in a bucket, just to be clear. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> it's authentic. All right, um... Did did you see the documentary features, Lars? Or? The I uh, hold on, let me let me go the, the doc, documentary features. I didn't see any of. The, oh, I didn't see any of the. Okay, so I'll just I know you have them up. I'll just go down real quick. Um, uh, collective with uh, ooh Alexander Nanao and Bianca Oana. Um, Crip Camp Nicole Newham Noonham. Um, Jim Lebrecht and Sarah Boulder, the mole agent, um, (laughs) 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 Um, apologies in advance, Um, uh, Mete Alberti and Marcella Santa Beignets, Um, my octopus teacher, Pippa Ehrlich, James Reed and Craig Foster, Time, Garrick Bradley, Lauren Domino and Kellen Quinn. It's weird to go between (laughs) more more complicated names and then back to names of like my teachers in high school. Yes. Um, But I will tell you that um, uh, it was recommended strongly to me, the mole agent um, um, from someone because, you know, my, my wife works with, she works in elder care. And they said it was a really, it was a really excellent movie, uh, documentary where it, it, they they kind of send an, an undercover agent, uh, a senior, into a senior center to investigate abuse, and they they said that they were kind of clenched the whole time, waiting to see some awful things, but it actually ended up being a very, um, a very complicated but ultimately uplifting view of how how we treat our seniors um honestly i mean obviously is a very specific instance but i like um i like the idea of especially in documentaries where things end in a very gray area because that's where we're born and where we exist and where we die is this (laughs) giant gray area yeah (laughs) (laughs) and so um i was i'm i'm really interested to see that that being said, I haven't seen any of these, so I I couldn't say one way or the other. That's the only one that I actually heard from a couple of uh, a couple of people whose opinion I really respect. So I'm gonna, we I put down the list. It was on there before, but we were hesitant to watch it, like because like I said, Julia works in that field, and when you read the description, and you're like, oh my god, you're just gonna see terrible things and yeah you know after a year of do i mean she's in the senior care during covid and she yeah was you like, don't want to i'm home now so we're not doing that <laughs> yeah <laughs> no no my love we are not yeah so um but you know it sounds like it's pretty good yeah i mean i'm <laughs> I'm biased, but my vote goes for Crip Camp, <laughs> which was. Did you, guys, did you guys see all of these? I should oh, like, I just, saw, I just realized I, I described this to you. No. <laughs> you yeah. may have seen all of them. No, no we only saw Crip we Camp. We only saw Crip Camp, um, <laughs> oh, which okay. is really, really good. I recommend uh, everyone uh, watch it. Um, it's just, it's a really good, uh, just 
overview of kind of the the origins of the modern like disability rights uh, movement in America that really talks about you know the kind of how radical it really is um, coming from the activists themselves, um, which is really great because so much of that you know a lot of uh, disabled individuals get wildly infantilized uh, or used for, you know, just inspiration porn and things like that. Um, they talk about when they occupied, oh God, I can't remember if it was San Francisco, um, but in California, they occupied uh, like the uh, city hall and, you know, that they had the Black Panthers coming to like bring them food and help them organize and like just those kinds of uh, partnerships um, and just things like, you know, the feds tried to like, oh, well, we don't want them reaching the outside. So we're going to cut off their phone lines, you know, and then being like, oh, well, surprise, motherfucker. We have deaf people here. So we're going to sign outside the window to talk to people like you don't know who you're messing with. Um, but really going through just all of that history and like having to constantly um, like work just to get, you know, like very basic bare minimum uh like civil rights um but where that comes from um and it's it's really really an excellent documentary right on right on so i guess we can't land on something there well we can i'll just write down crib camp does the octopus actually teach someone something because i just like yeah you know that that's what that's what that's about it it the octopus is um, teaching eight people at the same time how to write. <laughs> Teaches them how to love. <laughs> I'm just imagining like an octopus Bart Simpson just writing eight lines at the same time of like, I will not, you know, like on the chalkboard. Anyway, it's dumb. It's dumb. Uh, did you watch the any of the documentary shorts? That was the one you said you, you know, between yeah. between now and the Oscars, I will have seen them. But as of right now, no, I haven't. Not at all. All right. I'm just going to go hard for uh, Hunger Ward then. I don't know why. I'm just scanning the names. Hunger Ward. So there you go. Uh, (laughs) um, Again, things we're not qualified to talk about, probably film editing. But uh, if we were qualified, Yorkos Lampranos, as much as I understand it, did a really good job in The Father. uh, Right on. Editing. That guy's great. He should do more stuff. (laughs) um the internet did you guys watch the international films nope okay we saw another round for denmark well yeah Yeah. we saw another round another round so right yeah yeah Yeah. and that movie is fantastic watch another round like it's a great movie Uh, i'm in yeah and that's that's the one that uh the mag mickelson is in so right 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 yeah it's really good that's my dude no that movie's really great and it's on hulu which is probably a big part of why remember, we saw it i know i bring this up almost every time mads mickelson comes up but remember that time i was talking to you about an episode of sherlock and i said it's that guy i know he's mads mickelson's brother but i cannot for the life of me remember his name and you looked it up it was lars yeah <laughs> it was fucking lars <laughs> yep the bitch uh makeup and hairstyling um not hillbilly elegy what are the other nope. ones? Emma, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, Pinocchio. They all the rest sound like solid picks. Uh, but it'll be Emma. Yeah. 
that that'll probably be i think you're right that either that or costumes i could see emma getting one or the other but yeah, yeah. um all right music original score you know i have opinions on music original score sure uh, so you got the five bloods, Terrence Blanchard, uh, Mank, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, Minari, Emil Mazzari, uh, news of the world, James Newton, Howard and soul Trent Reznor, Atticus, Atticus, ah, I, can, I said it the last time, Atticus Ross and John Batiste. I'm sorry. Can we sorry, go Trent, back to Trent, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross are nominated for two Oscars. Aww. Yes. Yes. Two Oscars that are jazz heavy. Like they did two different soundtracks. We save jazz. Yeah. They did two different soundtracks <laughs> that like, cause yeah, it, you saw Mank, like Mank has that like swinging, like 30s, 40s, like yeah, jazz sure. sound. And then soul is about a jazz musician. <laughs> Can we go back for a second? Does the composer for Minari, does their name rhyme with Minari? M-O-S-S-E-R-I. So, yeah. I, I, would, so. Say, I would say Masari. Masari. Masari or Masuri. Masuri. Probably Emil Masuri. Yeah. Well, that's just really fun. <laughs> it is. Um, but, yeah, also News of the World doing better than I would have thought for a movie like that only dads have seen. Yeah, for real. Well, there's a lot of dads voting in Hollywood. And also James Newton Howard, solid composer. Yeah. I by the way, I kinda like this outside of the weird like double nomination for Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, like kinda different names than a lot of the usual suspects for No, definitely. Score. Definitely. Um I don't know. Wouldn't you like to see Academy Award winner Trent Reznor. It's going to happen. I mean, that's the thing. Trent Reznor's <laughs> going to win it. He's going to win an Academy I Award. I thought he already had one. <laughs> did he win for one of the previous? I thought he won Fincher? for like the Social Network. Maybe he did. Let me see. Um, that would be great. But yeah, it's it's like it's. Um, look, I'm not. I don't want to take anything away from Alan Silvestri. He's brilliant, but he wins all the goddamn awards, right? And it's always nominated for hey, or like those hey. guys. So. Hey, did you write the theme to the Avengers? Um, no. What did I did I say anything? Did you did you the write man? the music to Back to the Future? He yes. Won the, <laughs> Trent Reznor won the Academy Award for Best Original Score for The Social Network. Nice. Okay, he's a, oh, that's fan, that is fantastic. Can he can can he be one of the uh, like? Can we get him an Emmy? Uh, you know, Tony and a like, can we? Oh, you want you want Trent Reznor to EGOT? Yeah, I want Trent Reznor to EGOT. Well, remember he was supposed to um he was supposed to write a Broadway musical of, um uh, about Fight Club. That was supposed to happen. That was a rumor since the early 2000s that was going to happen. Anything. He's from Pennsylvania. I didn't know that. Anyways, we're not talking about that. From Pennsylvania. I like I, I can we just say though like and especially now that I know that he won an Academy Award these are weird cho- like I totally love that he does David Fincher stuff normally because they work really well together like he understands that David Fincher like tension just like I'm gonna make uneasy noises as a soundtrack and I, I mean that as the highest compliment but like I, I guess it's like there's something to be said for like I'm sticking with my guy as I do this like period piece but it's it's kind of silly. Like, I don't know. I didn't even think... I thought the music is good, but it also it feels like someone who was in a rock band in the 90s doing an impression of what they think big band music sounds like. 
Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Which is not I to say I didn't I don't, like it. I don't remember the music, so if that's any testament. I just remember it's a lot of like, like it's a lot of like, like the music was good as much as that movie had a pace. I think it was because of the music. Mm-hmm. I remember he used the typewriter at one point, like in the score of the thing. And I really liked that. But all that to be said that uh, Minari, I think, has the best sound like score. Of yeah, all I did. Re- like the uh, music from Minari did hit me. Yeah. So, all right. I Love. thought I really liked um, the music from Defy Bloods. I did too, but it's sort of that like just um, very traditional war movie. Kind of, like it's it's appropriate, yeah. I think, for but it it didn't stand out to me as much. Like it sounds like the music for a movie like that. You know, it it one hundred percent does. Like you, yeah. any at any moment, CCR is going to drop. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're kind of getting that feeling. Yeah, yeah. so call, it's it's call. like super, yeah, like applicable to the subject matter. But yeah, it's just mm-hmm. like, like the Minari music, it just has that beautiful. Also, I'm always a sucker for scores that have people singing in them. Like, I always think that's a good move. So. Yeah. All right. I don't know the original songs. I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm always weak. On <laughs> and I saw a number of these movies, but I, I don't know these, to be honest. Okay. Um, well, it's uh, Fight for You from Judas and the Black Messiah. Hear my voice from the trial of the Chicago 7. Hmm. Husevic from Eurovision Song Contest. The Story of Fire Saga. I didn't what, know really? that was nominated. <laughs> Did you see that movie? I didn't see that one. But... I didn't see it, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know people liked it, but... I... Ooh... Yeah. Um, translated, it's scene <laughs> <laughs> from the life ahead. Uh, speak now from one night in Miami. <clears throat> um, that's interesting that they about, nominated. Like, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a big Sam Cook fan, so you know. It's interesting that they nominated "Speak Now" but not the next track or "Forever Hold Your Peace," which I thought was Boo. just as good. <laughs> No, I I hope it's that, honestly, like, speak now. I'm just, like, not knowing half of these songs. That's, well, sure. Yeah, let's just say that. Yeah. All right. So, next on the list is Beck's picture, but we're going to save that for last, like, professionals. Okay. So. Yep. <laughs> uh, production design should be the father. They, Boom. Yeah, they did a really good job with that, of, like, adapting a play into a movie and using one set, but changing around the look of it well and in a way that like really uh like effectively captures like the narrative yeah the movie's great by the way we'll say more about it when we do the best picture but the father but was yeah, really good the production design is like integral to the story uh okay. and it's really great uh what do you got for short films animated and or live action lars oh okay sure um burrow uh, Burrow was adorable. If anything happens, I love you was heartbreaking. Opera, opera was a mind fuck. <laughs> um, yes, people. Yes, people was good at. Um, genius. I don't remember genius. Um, it's, it's funny because opera. When you say it's a mind fuck, I'm just imagining that it's that Bugs Bunny, Elmer Fudd. <laughs> Barbara okay, let Seville. me tell you. Opera, opera was a poster, right? It was a moving poster, and it starts. Um, it was a moving poster of a pyramid, and 
it starts zoomed up at the top and then it goes out and then you see all the things happening throughout the pyramid and you see it start to cascading down and then at the bottom things are happening at the bottom of the pyramid and then all those things come to a conclusion and then a new cycle starts to happen and it zooms back up to the top of the pyramid. The whole thing lasts about four minutes. And it is brilliant. It's a mind fuck. You could watch it 15 times and find something new every time. It was pretty goddamn brilliant, but also so, so disturbing. <laughs> so disturbing. <laughs> Complete section of the pyramid where people are just pooping and other people are below them getting rid of the poop. It's one of those sorts of things. If that makes any sense to anyone. Yeah, wow. They got Francis McDormand for that? <laughs> they sure did. <laughs> we're, we're poop heavy this year in the Oscars. <laughs> We've all been inside for a year. That's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> um, um, I don't need to recount all these for Burrow is a Pixar, but it's um, it's Pixar produced, but it's um, it's two dimensional um, drawn, and it is it's really adorable. It's um, wait, I think I saw that one. Did you with the with the bunny who wants to live alone? Yes, yeah, yeah. Because they, yeah. they they put that on Disney Plus. I, now, as soon as you were describing that, I was like, wait, yeah. I think I watched that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so I saw Bro, so I, I, I yeah, did like it's that. It's very cute and very promotional of socialism. Yes. <laughs> um, it, it, I'm trying to think if any of these have um, dialogue in them. I don't think they do, which is pretty interesting. I I guess for my pick. No, 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 no. I, you know, I, you know what? I'm going to say opera. I really liked it. It was, right. it was, it was kind of, um, it was, the music was kind of, um, neo psychedelic. That's a stupid thing to say. I'm just going to say I pick opera. It was cool. Right. <laughs> Interesting that the music wasn't opera. <laughs> it, it really wasn't to my memory. All right. Uh, so what do you got for live action? Um, <laughs> feeling through the present, the letter room. The, oh, sorry. Uh, feeling through the letter room, the present, two distant strangers. Um, white eye. Try remember. I'm trying to remember all these now. Um, the present. The present was good. Two. Okay. Two distant strangers. Is um. It's a short. It's Groundhog Day if Phil was a black man being killed by a cop. Oh, oh. That's what that movie was, which is interesting. It's impactful. But being the pedantic fuck that I am, I'm like, hold on. If you're going to do this, it needs to make sense in these certain areas. So that kind of took me out of it, you know. But I think that wasn't the point of the piece. And I know. But it... I'm just saying that's what that was. If anyone's interested in watching it, it's very powerful and actually very well done. I'm just, you know, um, one of, I'm just a science fiction asshole. Um, oh, the letter room. Let me warn anyone about the letter room. If your um, if your wife um has a crush on Oscar Isaac, um, she's going to ask you to start to grow a mustache after watching the letter room. <laughs> I thought you were gonna be like she's she's gonna ask you to leave while she watches the letter room. <laughs> she, I I felt I felt out of place, like almost unwelcome. <laughs> um, 
Feeling through was good. You know, I you know, I don't know. They were they're all good. They're all heavy. Um the pre- the present was really nice. This man was just trying to leave Palestine to go to Israel to buy a refrigerator for his wife and bring it home and it was very sad. It's funny because three out of five of these movies were were heavy and they were about people they just want to go home. That's it. Like literally, not figuratively, they just want to go home. And given the this past year, you think that wouldn't have been a theme of anything. Um, I can't pick you guys. The, you know what? Alia Shawcat was in the letter room, and I like her a lot, so I'm going to pick that one. But I think, you, you know what? Two Distant Strangers is going to win. It just is. Also, I saw that's Trayvon Free, so that that's cool. Like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Who I didn't like. I didn't know what he looked like. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, sound should be sound of metal. That maybe that's obvious, but <laughs> that had really cool sound design. <laughs> yeah. Uh, visual effects isn't fun this year because there, <laughs> there were no blockbuster movies. <laughs> so. I mean, Tenet is like the biggest thing in visual effects, um, which Tenet, like, look, because this fits here, I liked Tenet. I don't know. I know <laughs> that we're all mad at him now. I know that it hasn't been a good year, <laughs> uh, but uh, like, I don't know. Did you see Tenet, Lawrence? Like, I know I haven't seen Tenet now. We're not for real mad at Christopher Nolan, are we? I like- feel like everyone turned on him with this movie, and I, I feel like people are dunking on the movie because they're a little tired of him. And but I like there are a Tenet. lot there are a lot of real reasons to be mad at public figures and people in Hollywood, and I don't I don't think Christopher Nolan has those reasons, does he? No, I think it was just all this stuff. I mean, he's a little you know he's a little stuffy, and I think him being really mad at HBO Max when like yeah. I, I'm not even saying I don't understand why he wasn't mad at it, but like I think for the rest of us when we're like we can't leave our house and they want to give us movies in our house to so shut up yeah like yeah i think that's what it was like he just he was really tone deaf his response and we talked about it on the show but it's you know we're you know you're they're cutting you the check mr nolan yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't sweat it yeah but uh but that and mulan are like the two big uh visual effects the other ones are love and monsters midnight sky and uh the one and only ivan uh, I Mulan had really cool visual stuff in it too, and Tenet, you know, is normal Nolan wizardry, you know. I just yep. love that they made a movie that is literally a fictional bad movie that James Vanderbeek makes in Don't Trust the Bee. In oh, right, twenty three. <laughs> yeah, Love and Monsters. Yeah. <laughs> what was it? I'm trying to remember what the tagline was to that. This is a great episode. It's the Halloween episode. Yeah. Don't trust the bee. Um, all right. So okay, so I'm going to write down End Game for that one because it didn't win. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You guys had another chance to get that correct. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Writing adapted screenplay. Borat, subsequent movie film, delivery of prodigious bribe to American regime for make benefit once glorious nation of Kazakhstan. Uh, screenplay by a hundred people. Um, the father screenplay by Christopher Hampton and Florian Zeller. Nomadland, written for screen by Chloe Zhao. One Night in Miami, screenplay by Kemp Powers. The White Tiger, written for the screen by 
Ramin Barani. Probably Ramin. Probably. I probably have mispronounced a lot of these names. I am trying, and I'm sorry. Sincerely. Oh, yeah. I wasn't correcting you like a dick. It was just, you know, that was the one that I thought I might have a better take on. No, no, no. I I just feel bad. I I really don't like butchering people's names. I want to be better. No, it's fine. This is coming from someone where I... If I correct someone on my last name, sometimes they'll say, oh, oh, okay, same difference. Yeah. <laughs> just, but you said my name wrong. <laughs> um, I, like, Borat and Nomadland feel like cheating in this category. I'm just going to say that because both of those are to different degrees largely improvised like they're both using real people and you know i i got curious i actually looked at the borat screenplay and i'm like it seems like you just took what people said and wrote it down after the fact it's more a transcript than a screenplay <laughs> like and i i think there was more writing involved in nomadland because obviously like you have the whole francis mcdormand character but the things that the other people are saying they're real people and they're just speaking from their hearts uh so i think they, they neither one of those should get picked because of that all fair uh i i mean the father is such a good movie and has such a really tight screenplay and uh, even though, like, I don't know, I'd be curious because that and One Night in Miami, I know are both, I'm going to be honest, I don't know what the White Tiger is, but I know that One Night in Miami and The Father are both plays, so I don't know how much adapting they did from the plays, but. Uh, White Tiger's fa- good. It's on uh, Netflix. Uh, Greg told me about that and I watched it and it was very good. What's it about? <laughs> Tiger. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, light colored. Cool. Is it in a boat with a guy and it's a metaphor no, for religion? No, no, no. This is this is a this is a good movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just making sure I saw that one. Um, um but yeah, I don't I don't know. I I really like The Father. That would and I think it has a decent shot of winning. Although I could see Nomadland winning this. I could definitely see that, but The Father should win. Um mm-hmm. I also I am pretty sure that uh the play I believe i read it was originally in french um, oh yeah so no, cause the, is, that, you know what yeah so there that, actually sorry. is like translating from the french play to english then to film so there actually is yeah. a fair amount of like adaptation going on there you know what the, you, thank you i totally forgot that yeah because the i think the director is the guy who wrote the play but then had someone else um yeah, because I think Florian Zeller is the director who wrote the play in French, and then Christopher Hampton is actually who translated it into English, who has done that uh, for some of his other plays, too. So, yes. Yeah, so, no, that's, you know what? Very good point. That's a really actually do difficult skill sure. to, yeah. to like find a way to translate something like that into... Yeah, and create, uh, like, yeah. keep the artistic integrity of it and yeah. all of that. Yeah. Yeah. No, good call. I mean, that's literally adapting something. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. I feel even stronger then. <laughs> it should be the father. <laughs> um, is, is everyone good with that? Do we want to do original oh, screenplay? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wrote it down. All right. Uh, original screenplay, Judas and the Black Messiah by uh, Will Burson and Shaka King. Story by Will Burson, Shaka King. And Kenny and Keith Lucas, which makes me so happy that <laughs> that they, you know that who they are, right? 
Lars. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that when I found that out, I was like, that is so cool that they, you know, apparently like what I read was that they had written a screenplay and then uh it was combined with work like I think they came up with the framing of the way the story was told while I, I believe Will Burson and Shaka King were working on a different script and then they were kind of merged. But you should probably tell the audience who they are in case they don't know <laughs> oh uh have you seen 20 if you've seen 22 jump street they're the twins <laughs> uh yeah they're they're comedians that are very delightful uh that i really like but you don't like what i have seen of them i didn't go like those two are gonna write a academy award nominated screenplay someday um you know i, I just mean that in the way of like you know I also wouldn't have expected Borat to be nominated for an Academy Award. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we live in strange times, but no, they're delightful. And I thought that was cool that they wrote this. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. We have to pick something. Oh, um, did I, I don't think I said the other ones. Did I? I think we stopped at that. Uh, <laughs> that Min- Minari, Lee Isaac Chung, Promising Young Woman, uh, Emerald Fennel, Sound of Music. So this is screenplay by... Is that Sound of Metal? metal? Yes, it's Sound of Music. Sound of Music. (laughs) They they remade Sound of Music and nominated for original screenplay. Uh, Darius Martyr and Abraham Martyr. Story by Darius Martyr and Derek Cienfrance. Sure. (laughs) I know. Cienfrance? I know who that is. That's the... You know what? When you said it the right way, I was like, that's the Yeah, I was like, that's the the guy from Blue Valentine. Like... Like, I know who it is. I just don't know how to say his name. Oh, and Trial of Chicago 7 by Aaron Sorkin? No, thank you. That can't be right. And also, (laughs) yes, no, thank you. Whatever you were selling, Sorkin, I, I don't know... I see why it appealed to people. I've never really bought it, and I'm certainly done with I, it. I Look, hey, A Few Good Men is a classic. <laughs> oh, Jesus, this is 30 fucking years ago. <laughs> I don't like anything he's done since then, but that movie from 30 years ago... <laughs> I could spend 20 minutes, I won't, but I could spend 20 minutes telling you... All of the lines in the trial of the Chicago Seven that I like aggressively hated, yeah. <laughs> like just the yeah. the writing. It, it's it's just uh, no. no. Yeah, and, and, and talk and talk about look. I I love um, venture, but I I couldn't um, watch the the um, the social, social network. network. Yeah. yeah, I got like first fifteen minutes, and I said I'm out. Like it's I I. I already knew who I'm supposed to be rooting for, and I hate them. So I'm not doing that to myself. Um, I'm one of the few people who like the newsroom, and even then, it grated on my nerves. <laughs> I did. You know what? I used to watch the newsroom. That was- yeah, it was, it was. Yeah, yeah. I was. I was probably the person who kept it on the air. I've yeah. seen that Sam Waterston. <laughs> I've seen that one scene that. Like uh-huh. every, uh, uh, everyone first scene of the, from the pilot. Yeah. <laughs> from every, the pilot, everyone's Where like America's very, not great anymore. Everyone's very uh-huh. well-meaning, like uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. like very liberal aunt will be like, right. "This is what we need in America right now." Always like someone to speak up. So yeah, we'll send around. And I'll be like, "Oh, I get okay." 
cool. You know what? If if we're all just dunking on Aaron Sorkin, which look, A Few Good Men is great. I stand by that. But uh, I really hate when characters set themselves up to be dunked on by another character in a way that you're like, people don't do that. Yep. Exactly. (laughs) Everyone's saying exactly what they should be saying, exactly when they should be saying it. Yes. That's neat. But then after the first hour... Just this is horse shit, right? Yeah, it it does get exhausting. And again, it like it undercuts because then you have like Sasha Baron Cohen, who's like the funny guy. But then if everybody's quit, it's the same. It's the Joss Whedon problem. Like someone has to be the straight man in your movie. Like everyone can't be the clever guy, Mm -hmm. which is a Joss Whedon problem, but not the Joss Whedon. Oh, thank you. You know, another thing, you know, (laughs) is that. Um, it seems like Aaron Sorkin's been winning arguments in his head in the shower his entire life and, yes. and gets nominated for him. And it's just not for me. I think the same way you're an Elvis guy or a Beatles guy, I think you're a Sorkin guy or a Mammoth guy. And I think we should all be Mammoth people. Personal opinion. Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, Mammoth's great. <laughs> also really like Aaron Sorkin is the only credited writer on this script. And he really shouldn't have been because Aaron Sorkin really should not be allowed to write non-white characters. Yeah, I don't know why (laughs) Aaron Sorkin sat down and thought, I can write Fred Hampton authentically. Like, I don't know why. I can write Bobby (laughs) Seal. Yeah. No, you can't. Yeah, Yeah. that was definitely. (laughs) Well, it wasn't like it wasn't like Michael Bay bad. But it was still pretty bad, and especially in a year when there's another movie with Fred Hampton in it, and you're like, "Oh, that that's who he was writing." Oh, yeah, and it, and I didn't get weird that, thing. you know, right? Because we're talking about we we were talking about why things get nominated for what they are, original screenplay, oh, but it really happened. It's also, an adapted screenplay. Like, yeah. like Abby Hoffman said that shit. Right, you just put it. In your movie. So how is it original when they they are saying the things that are in the movie? It's a weird nebulous area, I understand. But like like Molly just said, sole credit for for a, a script where he's copying down what people said. Well... I mean, you oh, have but it's to, you have to give him credit when he just completely like manipulates the entire facts of the case and has Bobby Seal saying shit that he never said so that he can make it seem like, I guess it's almost kind of justified that they gag right. him in court. Yeah, yeah like, he also changed the timeline of when the the stuff that's in Judas and the Black Messiah, when like Fred Hampton and all of that, like when that raid happened to line up with a plot point in the trial of the Chicago seven. So that it then like valid, like so that then Bobby seal can have an outburst about it in court, which then lines up with them, uh, gagging him and tying him down in court, which that part really happened. Yeah, that happened. They they do that to him, but it has, he was like, uh, released from the trial, like a month before, uh, Chairman Fred was murdered. Like there, it's not related to it at all. And like you literally use this man's like brutal murder as an unrelated plot point in your movie. Yeah, to to, adva- to advance it. It's- to advance it, and in a weird way, almost make because they make it related to an outburst in court to almost make it seem like they had a reason to do this 
And to make the opposing, uh, like to make the prosecution, make it a character development moment for Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character <laughs> to have him be like, judge, no matter what my personal opinions are, we have, you know, a man, you know, gagged and tied down in an American court. Like, we can't do that. It's like, so all of this serves to, like, advance the, you know, moral development of, like, this white man in court. Like, like I can't. I'm going to get carpal tunnel if I keep making the jerk off motion as often yeah. as I have been can I just show. Can I just say that Frank Langella was great in that movie? He was really great. <laughs> I know, that's all. The only thing I want to say about that movie so we can move on. Is, we can move on. Let's just say we're not. We're not. I'm not writing down Aaron Sorkin's name for this category. No, no, right? no, no, no. I hated I, it. I hated it so much. No, it's, that movie was a mess. Um, yeah. yeah, this category don't is fuck, really, Don't fuck with history when it's history that happened when my parents were in high school. Well, also, yeah. you know why did I mean? you want to know? Why did you want to tell this story only to manipulate it? Also, why? Like, if you thought it, it was that good, to be. Yeah. if you thought it was that good a story, a good enough story to write, why change it? Yeah, <laughs> you know. Also, sorry, I said I was going to move on. <laughs> I said I was going to move on. Michael Keaton was also really great. I didn't get that far. Oh, he's he's great. <laughs> you had to watch a while. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, Keith, I just want to give a shout out to the actors that I liked. <laughs> but uh, no, the movie's not good. Uh, but yeah, this category is... I, I feel like this one's hard I, because something might... I don't know. My instinct tells me that Judas and the Black Messiah is going to win. And I'm good with that. But like, I could see Minari winning. I could see Promising Young Woman winning. And I could see really strong arguments for any of the three of them, honestly. No sound of metal. I like sound of metal, but I think I don't think the screenplay is as tight as the other three. Like it, I think it's that movie. All of the stuff uh, when he's in rehab is really great. I think uh, the beginning and the end felt a little uneven to me. Like the the story around, you know, like how he ended up there and what happens after he gets out. But like the actual like meat of the story I thought was great I thought it like floundered a little bit at the beginning and the end well they didn't even get the title of the movie right it should have been Beethoven (laughs) (laughs) thank you You, is it the only reason you brought it up was just so you could say that again (laughs) Uh, but yeah I don't know I could I, I mean like and it's tough too because Promising Young Woman, I think probably was the most challenging screenplay to really because, again, with Judas and the Black Messiah, too, you have like real things that happen. So you can like kind of lean on history. And and Minari also is he, he it's someone writing about their childhood, which is difficult. But like you have your childhood, like I think just Promising Young Woman, the story that's being told and to tell it well, you know, and to just. Uh, executed on the level that it was done. I think I think it probably is the best screenplay, but I just something makes me think that Judas and the Black Messiah is going to win, which I'm totally fine with too because it was a really good screenplay. Hard to say. Should I write down Judas and the Black Messiah? I don't know, Molly. Do you? My per- my vote goes to Promising Young Woman again, just because I think level of diff- level of difficulty and being able to stick the landing. Um. Yeah, I think my vote goes to Promising Young Woman, but I feel like Judas and the Black Messiah is going to win. And I'm okay with it, but I just like, I feel like that's what's going to happen. So My vote goes for, God damn it, not Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> yeah, let's just, let's just say that for sure, which it might, because look, <clears throat> um, this a- is the category where Spike Lee won for the Black Klansman, and that script was a mess. And I, I didn't care for the film too much. It was 
I got I watched it in one sitting. It was good enough. I'm rehashing old shit. I'm just saying that like it's it's hard to say. Maybe I missed something, but I thought like that's I you I, I think I think he was winning for do the right thing, which was great. I, I there's I definitely like, some makeup Oscars. Yeah, but I also I I don't know. I find like I really I've been thinking a lot about Spike Lee's films. I actually because like just for whatever reason lately. Um, and, uh, cause I, I, re- I also, I've been trying to watch some of the ones that I had never seen. Like I watched, he got game recently, which is really good. Right. Uh, but yeah, I think that like, he has this like combination of, uh, to use your word from earlier, homages to other films. And then this like really avant-garde stylistic choices that just are uniquely his and almost like take you out of the film. And so it's like a combination of like a lot of his movies. And, and I feel like increasingly more recently, cause I felt that way. And especially with like defy bloods where it's like, you're doing a lot of apocalypse now. <laughs> like, uh, but, uh, and you put the poster of apocalypse now in the movie, like, so that we know that, like, but, um, where it's like, I, I'm into like a lot of the homages and a lot of the stylistic stuff. And then like, I don't know what the Black Klansman, I understand it. But then to show the real footage and to like really lean hard into it, like was very jarring. And I get why it's there. But then it's just like as a movie choice, it's really, um, you know, it's like. I don't know. Sometimes these movies remind me of you. Remember those videos where it's like you're watching something, you're watching something, and then all of a sudden a really scary image like pops up and shouts at you like right yes, at the end I of it. I hated those things. But it's like I kind of get that vibe watching his movies sometimes where it's like, okay, I'm watching this movie that it has a story. Oh God. Oh right. Horrific real tragedy. <laughs> like and oh, it's like Yeah, sure, sure. Like sure. I think that there's like that kind of instincts, you know, which I, I'm like sympathetic towards, but I just also I always think of like the Kevin Conroy thing that he said to me where it's like as a filmmaker you he was talking about Christian Bale's Batman voice but he was like you never want to make choices that take people out of the movies and I think like a lot of Spike Lee's choices tend to take me out of what I'm watching and yeah he, he I think it's the, uh, I think it's hubris too um, of, he wants to remind you that he's making a movie and yeah. you're watching that yeah where it's like yeah, but I, I just find it interesting because he loves movies and a lot of times he's like, here are things from movies that I love. And then it's like, yeah, he just like likes to kind of like flip the lights on and be like, stop, <laughs> like you're watching a movie. And it's like, well, OK, all right. OK, right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're trying to settle back in. And- yeah, I feel like that's. Yeah, I, that's the only way I can really describe it is sometimes watching his films. It just feels like he turns the projector off and shouts at you. <laughs> and it's right. Like, it's you know i but like that being said like i i did really like defy bloods by the way like i that's one of my favorite of his oh, more yeah, recent stuff yeah yeah um where are we at <laughs> so i know we're i wrote down promising young woman because that's what we think even though it that that's what we want to win even though maybe it will or will not <laughs> yeah no, I think that's, you know what? Let's lead with optimism, right? Promising young yeah. women. Yeah. 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 That's what I wrote down. Um, but it's best picture now. It's best picture so now. I, want, oh, shit. I don't know. I don't know which one of you is going to say it, but you need to say it in a Baltimore accent because that's a good word to say in a Baltimore accent. Well, if you want a Baltimore accent, don't look at me. What, uh, what am I saying? What, what's your pick? Oh, what's, what's my pick for best picture? Yeah. 
Oh, uh, it's it's pretty much a two way tie for me mm-hmm. between this is you you may have guessed this by this point, <laughs> but between uh, promising young woman uh-huh. and the father, the father, the father. <laughs> Are you my father? <laughs> Are you my dad? <laughs> tornado, tornado took your father. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Oh, spoilers. Man. I know people. If you have a lot of people haven't seen it, but a tornado takes Anthony Hopkins. That's actually, what yeah, yeah. I, no, I was getting that impression from both of you. I think I've been hearing a lot of. Anytime the father came up, you guys were super into that. I, I no oh, fuck all even about. Let, which, let well, me be clear: there is zero chance that the father is going to win Best yeah. Picture. Oh, <laughs> it is great. Neither one of us knew anything about it. We yeah, sat we didn't down know what the it. hell it was. Like I, because I kind of had that vibe of I'm like this feels like the movie that like Judy or something like that. Like this feels like the movie that Anthony Hopkins did and was probably great in, and no one's ever going to watch. But then, no, watching it, it's like. It really is this just, you know, very intimate, uh, very like experiential, you know, like empathetic yeah. look at a man who is aging and who's, um, you know, his mind is is starting to go. And it's just it makes you feel like what how he like you experience the story the way that he does. And it, that's a really that's interesting. Yeah, it and it's and it's just him and Olivia Coleman who plays his daughter like interacting is really most of the movie. That's very cool. I that's funny because I was um uh telling Julia the other day um you know again she you know she's in uh, nursing homes and stuff and, and and help and helps people who might be um uh, helps people with dementia and stuff. And I talking about the animated shorts. There was one a couple years ago that was stop motion. And it was through the eyes of someone um, with Alzheimer's who was deteriorating and the way they played with the visuals and that, and kind of what they might be seeing is um, it's a, it's an interesting aspect and also, and also heavy mm-hmm. and hard, but also, um, I don't know. It's it, it also kind of, I don't know. Like you want, you almost want to see it, right? To try yeah. to have some sort well, of understanding. Well, yeah. what I love and I, why I think Anthony Hopkins really was so great is that it is hard and the, it, it doesn't shy away from the parts that are really sad, but there's also, there's joy and there's times when he's really charming and there's times when, you know, it's like this, his personality really is coming through and, uh, you know, like it, it just shows the full range. Like it's not just two hours of sad movie. It's just like this is what this guy experiences. And sometimes it's really nice and sometimes it's pleasant. And, and sometimes you feel like, oh, this is like it used to be. And then other times it doesn't feel like that, you know? Yeah. Like he's a full person. Um, and so, so many movies that depict you know, aging and depict dementia and Alzheimer's are very voyeuristic um, and much more from the perspective of just like, oh, my God, isn't it so sad? We're just watching them go. Oh, they're not they're not them. And it, it's us watching them. Um, and it and just, you know, very much just for the like, isn't this so sad for us? 
Um, and oh, instead, right, sure. yeah. And instead, this is very much, you know, really you, you're with him. Um, and when we talked about like the editing, um, being so integral to telling the narrative, um, the movie really does, you know, throw you into this, you're in comfort and then you're confused where you're in his home and then bit by bit, um, things, you know, you kind of notice that like the door, whenever he goes the same, the same hallway is always present in different places or, you know, like things will sort of shift or move. Yeah. That's the production design thing. Like earlier where it's like, it oh, subtly sure. is like changing the way the apartment looks. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like, you end up, like, not really being sure, like, where you are or, like, things, like, around, like, the actual parameters of the walls will kind of move or, like, mm -hmm. you know, or, or even, like, or it'll switch back to where it was before. Or so even, it, it was very funny, like, uh, when I, when we started watching it I, it, I was thrown off at first because the the first scene I was like, this editing is really bizarre. Like they're kind of violating that like 180 rule. You know what I mean? Like you're you're showing angles that you're not supposed to be showing. And then I was like, oh, oh, it it knows that it's doing that. Like it, it <laughs> wants you to feel like what you're watching isn't quite edit. Like oh wait, I was looking there and now I, like it 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 purposefully confuses you, which is yeah. a, like a really fascinating. I, I like how you're referring to the movie like Jumanji. It's it it's knows. exactly it's fucking with me. It's exactly yeah. like Jumanji. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's the same thing. That's why you didn't want to spoil it. Uh, it's actually it takes place in the Jumanji universe, and it's Anthony Hopkins oh, finds he finds the board game. And no shit! So Kevin Hart's in this movie. Kevin Hart is in now it. Now I'm in. Yeah, no, I'm yeah, in. yeah. I like Jack Black will make you cry in this movie. <laughs> uh, so like so this is this is a great movie in the same way like um the favorite was nominated for best picture where yeah it it it's really awesome and should be a legitimate nominee it'll never win yeah, yeah. it's not gonna win yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. Yeah. uh yeah. but promising but young woman is really great and might win so <laughs> no it's gonna be mank you know guys that don't say this. don't say that don't don't <laughs> they manked it <laughs> I don't, I, I'm genuinely curious about Mank because Hollywood loves movies about itself. <laughs> like it, it's its favorite thing. But like, I don't know. I really can't tell with Mank. Like of like, I don't feel yeah. like it has that. But buzz. Mank doesn't love Hollywood. Right. I think that's yeah. the thing is that like that's, it loves. That's an interesting thought. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Like it loves movies that talk about what how great it is to be in Hollywood. I also, well, you know, it, I, I, I'm, I get so cynical when it comes to this crap, especially this specific category, because everything rides on this category and it becomes something of like, just who, like, what do we want to do? What are we going to push? What do we want Hollywood to look like? You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Right. Well, and I, man, this year more than any other time, and I'm sure we've said this before, but like, I really wish they had ranked voting. Because I think if yeah. people were allowed to vote for like their first, second and third choice, we'd get a better right. pick of like, I have this fear that because there's not a clear front runner, a lot of things are going to split votes. And then you might be right. A bunch of assholes are going to be like, I loved Mank. Like, and there will be right. the strongest voting block, you know? And also, I think they're going to be still, you know, 
um, sucking their own dicks from last year of, well, the, those South Korean folk won all those awards. We were so good last all the, year. All yeah. We're going to be bad this year. Yeah. <laughs> this Plus, is our cheat year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is our green book year. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, so they do really one for us, say. one for them. So we do a green book and then we, uh, you know, we'll do a parasite. And now we're back to Trial of the Chicago 7, baby. That was uh, our time. Remember when we were young? When Trial yeah. of the Chicago 7 was happening? And we, I mean, <laughs> you're joking. That's probably I, it. I, I wouldn't God. be surprised. Um, yeah, but I like I, I yeah, this year more than ever really feels wide open. Okay, I, I want to say one more thing about Mank. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what bugged me about I mean a lot of things bug me about Mank, but okay, so you're saying that we we were going to give Mank the credit. Like Orson Welles got all the credit. And this is going to be about Mank. And the thing that cuz I I love Orson Welles, I like Citizen Kane, and I'm interested in all of this. So you, the question is, this guy, he was a screenwriter. He was relevant. He had stopped being relevant. He decides to take a job writing about Hearst, uh, who he was friends with. That is super interesting. You're willing to sell this guy out that you hung out with at parties. The movie makes up a reason for that. <laughs> at, like that is not real. And then also lets him off the hook really easily like it comes up with the most flattering least complicated like well his politics were this and you know he was mad at him for political reasons so that's why he did it and it's like that's way too simple and way too clean what if mank just made a calculation of this is the only way to save my career that makes him a much more flawed and interesting person also marion davies who i was actually friends with you know like maybe her so he sucks but like her we were cool I'm also throwing her under the bus. I'm super interested in that story. That's Tell that story. story. Don't make up like, oh, well, he did it because he saw them beat a puppy to death. Well, okay, that's easy then. But like, why well, did yeah, he look? And also, you don't have to. We live in we live in 2021. You don't have to make up a reason to fuck over William Randolph. Hurst. Right. Yeah. You can just do it and we'll be fine with that. Yeah. Right. What if you just showed the scenes where he was an asshole? You also, know, like he was. <laughs> also, can we not have the scene where Marion Davies is just like, look, I'm not mad that you told everyone oh, that he calls my vagina Rosebud, but it really hurt Hurst. Yeah. Like, no, be mad about that. Yeah, I thought that too. Like, that's really she... fucked up. Can, I don't know, the men responsible for making this movie not put those words in a dead woman's mouth? Well, especially, especially since... when they, like, super fucked her over. Well, and Orson Welles later in his life apologized for it. He did feel guilty for it later. So, like, to have her absolve them at the time no, really undercuts No, it's fine. That. You can publicly joke about my genitalia i like you we're still friends i'm glad it helped you it would be so great if, if citizen kane was dying and went pussy <laughs> and the whole movie is like why'd that guy say pussy <laughs> honestly if if mank was just a movie where that was all he accomplished was like, Orson, we got to change it. Come on. <laughs> we can find another word in him being like, no, it has to be. No, yeah, has he, to be. You okay, don't can we find a real? We need, at least need a title for the film because you still say untitled pussy project on the paper here. 
Also, so wait, he called his sled a pussy? I don't, what, what is, that doesn't make any sense. Because you're riding. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? If that was Mank, I'd be championing it. For, for best picture. I don't know. But yeah, it's, it, it, like, I, I'd be sincerely happy. I'll just say this. If the father, promising young woman, Judas and the Black Messiah, or Minari won, I'd be happy with that. Any of those choices. You're not going to be happy because it's going to be Nomadland. It's going to be Nomadland or <laughs> Trial of Nomad. the... I'm writing down Nomadland because that's what we're guessing. Yes. And no, it Frances probably... McDormand's going to get up there and she's going to do her crazed hands where she electrocutes everyone. That was wild. <laughs> That was wild. If we're picking which, you know, person who already won that we want to see do it again, can it be Olivia Coleman? Because she's delightful when she wins awards. Like, I want to see. Oh, she's great. Yeah. I want to see and her then, do that. And then thing. she gets to pre- present the next year again. And she was great at presenting as well. Remember, she, she said she fucked her husband real good. Yeah. She was like, look, I just got to say something real quick before I give yeah. out this award. Smashed yeah. it. Just yeah. smashed it. It's like, I, I rocked that dude. <laughs> She's Rosebud. She's (laughs) man. Can we get Olivia Coleman attached to Untitled Pussy Project? (laughs) She would. (laughs) She'd be very excited about it. But did you see that she's going to do a Marvel show? Thank God. Yeah, I saw that. I saw something else. Yeah, she's doing Secret Invasion next week. There was something actually like really interesting (laughs) I wanted to talk to you about, but we can't do that now because this show is long as fuck. All right, but what? So, what are we? Are we just? We're assuming that it's going to be Nomadland. I mean, that—that's my assumption, man. Like, I'm assuming that because I really don't want all those aged hippies to to get Trial of the Chicago Seven to win Best Picture because I honestly, I could see it, it. wasn't even like it isn't from a political standpoint. It isn't from a filmmaking standpoint. I started to watch it and I felt immediately manipulated and oh, also yes. i yeah, know yeah. that wasn't I, I also knew that wasn't what fucking happened so i yeah. don't i don't want that to be the thing no it's not it's not it's good. also tonally so weird the beginning of that movie is it's like they're all like we're going on a super fun road oh, trip yeah. everyone no. get in right. the car yeah the opening scene is yeah it's wild <laughs> like when they're just like i in my memory they're like talking into camera about how they're all and it's doing that like austin powers thing where like we're gonna go get and then it cuts to someone else like going like laid and it's like what what why is everyone having the same conversation and finishing each other's sandwiches like why why like the opening is utterly bizarre that's a weird movie i guess when you do a lot of mushrooms and write quippy dialogue that you said to yourself in the shower that's how you end up right with it. Exactly. exactly also he wrote and directed it so no one's telling him no at this point oh why why should they he's a genius joel he need he, look he needs rob reiner we all need rob <laughs> we all need rob reiner <laughs> we do all right. Well, I think so. We're saying Nomadland. Is that where we're ending it? Begrudgingly. That's, that, that's where I'm saying it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm the the optimistic me wants to believe it's you know a promising what? young woman. But. Give it to Nomadland and then give the award to Bob Wells so that he can put it in his free pile at the like rubber tramp rendezvous. And that award <laughs> can just get circulated around all of them. That is the only righteous thing to do with that award. It's going to be Nomadland and Francis McDormand's going to thank Amazon. 
No, she's going to go smoke Lucky Strikes and drink wild turkey. <laughs> Christ almighty. I don't like any of it. I don't like it's any so of it. cool. Okay, instead of Nomadland, I'm going to write down Black Panther. <laughs> Give them what a if second they just, chance on that one as well. What if they had done that this year? If they were like, look, everything was shut down. So what if we did a makeup Oscars, like a real <laughs> makeup Oscars? Like we're just going to go back <laughs> and take the time. The, nominee, the nominees are Black Panther, Saving Private Ryan, <laughs> Shawshank Redemption, Pulp Fiction, Goodfellas, <laughs> Pulp Fiction, Goodfellas. Like we're just going to, yeah, have it out of everything that should have like... Yeah. <laughs> that would have been great. Well, Goodfellas lost to Driving Miss Daisy. Are we all okay with that? I thought it lost to Dances with Wolves. Yeah, it lost to Dances uh, with Wolves. Oh, in 1990? Yeah. Oh. oh. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Dances with Wolves. It was Goodfellas. And then uh, Pulp Fiction and Shawshank Redemption were both... Um, Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Yeah. Left them in the wake. Yeah. I mean, hey, look, life's like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> so remember. Shakespeare in love. We oh. have to have Shakespeare in love. Oh, yeah. That was a rough one. The Oscars aren't good, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, they don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> so remember, question everything. <laughs> Shut Untitled up and get a word. Pussy Project.
Hobo Radio is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on iTunes. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. This is Joe. And this is Chris from the Curioso Podcast. You are currently listening to The Hobo Radio. Joe, do hobos listen to Hobo Radio? I think so. They have one in their stick and bindle, right? Uh, That's called a bindle stiff, sir. Bindle stiff. And you know what? If you listen to The Curioso, you will get to know things like that. Because we talk about the weird, the strange, the bizarre, and sometimes the mundane that you just don't know. So enjoy your two hobos, but you can catch us at thecurioso.com on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network. Nicholas Cage wants you to. <laughs>